Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All righty. Okie dokie. He's coming on here. Hello. There he is. Yep. Yay. It worked. Yep. I totally had to do everything backwards where it shouldn't have worked at all, but it did. So, <laughs> yeah, I hate computers. I hate science. We're all the shit. Yep. Okay. Well, we know what we're talking about. Let me do a quickie intro and we'll just get right on it. All right. All right. Uh, 
everything okay with your friend there at the store? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty sketchy with those guys just sitting there waiting. Yeah. When I went up and knocked on their window and asked them what in the hell they were doing, I mean, they, they took off. Big old scary country guy, country boy knocking on your window and asked you what in the hell you're doing. They got pretty scared pretty quick. Good. Well, maybe they'll think that she's got friends the next time they should decide to go. Exactly. All right. Well, do a quick intro here. Uh, yeah, I had to get the burp out. Yep. Three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of World Bigfoot Radio. And we once again have Kevin with us, and he's giving us some more uh, on the Gleg saga about him and his Sasquatch buddy. And last time we talked about how the whole situation began, and we're going to pick it up from that first year still and cover uh, all of the, uh, you know, most memorable, important, or uh, otherwise uh, needful parts of the first year you folks to listen to and I, I told Kevin the first thing that we need to do is give everybody a good description of what uh, what Glag looked like when you first uh, met him and we're feeding him pieces of deer around the uh, campfire alright just take right or up elk. where we left off yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was deer the elk was the, the very first one I saw that was oh yeah yeah I'm sorry um, well the, that's where it's the closest thing you look that he, I can explain is a chimpanzee, just bigger. You know, like I said, he's a little bit bigger than I was at that time, but with some human features, but like a chimpanzee. Well, by the way, we sort of we sort of know it's watch. You know, they they get more massive and fill out a lot more as they get bigger, just like humans do. I think what people are really interested in is what what was his hair color, what was his skin color, what was his eye color, what his facial features look like. Uh, okay, to start with the first one, the the hair was almost black, but. Uh, hints of still that auburn color it turned like more into the dark brown as he got older and eyes always black always black or dark you know that's where with him being my buddy not just something that's you know it's something i never focused on after that initial initial time that introduction if you can call it that but um you know, a hooded nose looked like, you know, your typical boxer. I hate to sound like a broken record like everybody else, but that's exactly what it looked like, a big old huge flat nose that's been punched more than once. Right. <clears throat> but not, you know, it's like a human nose that had been broken, not a not a primate nose. Right. And So you like maybe now, more like the, uh, uh, the nose you would see on like somebody uh, – Aboriginal Australian or something like yeah, that, where they exactly. got a big, wide, flat nose. Yes. And uh, skin color, kind of charcoal, a little bit darker gray, but, you know, not a light gray, but not black either. Kind of you know, uh, ashen, is that mm-hmm. the proper term? Yeah. And round head, not conical. Never, never 
the all the ones that I've seen have never been conical, like a lot, I guess, of your typical squatches. They've always been more round right. from the well, ones yeah, that I've you know, seen. Some, me and some of the other people that are investigating this think that there's more than one kind across the country, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm real sure of it. So, you know, the ones with the rounder heads uh, generally get associated with the reports of the ones that we look class as type twos. So yeah. that doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me because type twos are all over the damn place. Type ones are all over the damn place. Um, so you could easily be running into either one of them. And from what I understand, the troops don't like war with each other, but they don't like interbreed and share territory either. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's total, uh, you know, total just luck of the draw as to where you're going to run into when you're out there. Yeah. Well, you don't go across the river. You don't go to the Montana side of the river and stay on the Idaho side because they look the same, but they are not at all the same temperament wise. Yeah. Yeah, and again, we mentioned that last time, that the ones over here have a stinky reputation, and it goes way, way back, and yeah, you know, <laughs> they're crabby over here for some reason. But apparently yeah, they're I, crabby in, in northern Idaho, too, judging by the last time, uh, the last guest that I had on here. Yeah, I heard that one also. Um, now, can you hear me all right tonight? I realized what I was doing last time, yeah, sitting around and nervous. Fine, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, you got to remember this is still, this stuff is it's the first time I've ever talked about it, ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know as far just, as the skin color goes, what we were just talking about, you're, uh, most of the sightings that I get from the more northerly areas uh, report that skin color. I don't hear a lot of people talking about brown skinned ones up in the further northern areas. They seem to be black or gray. Okay, that that I didn't know. I well, like I told you, the only person anywhere around where I grew up was considered the town drunk, and he didn't tell a lot. You know, after that initial, you know, letting running into the hospital and saying he has a, a bigfoot pushed a tree over on him, but you know, he didn't talk that about what it looked like. Yep. And then you never got that a lot of what what its skin color was or anything. No, no. But this was again the ones that were over on the other side of the valley, uh, yeah, closer to yep. Montana. Where the, the closer to Montana you get, the grabbier they are. And yep. <laughs> There's no pumpkins in Idaho, so I guess they're pretty ticked. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, I need to move out of the banana belt over here. Well, anyway, mm. so so he had this sort of. Um, uh, uh, the dark colored hair, he had a darker gray colored skin. His eyes, from what you can remember, were just really, really dark. And yes. the the, uh, the first one that I saw in the daylight, uh, that's what its eyes looked like to me. I couldn't make out any detail at all. It just looked like black. It was shiny black. That was it. So, uh, you know, not surprised by that. But just that, you know, and repeated um, times of seeing them or anything, if there was like very much in the way of color in them or something, you know, it, it seems like you would have noticed it at some point. Yeah. Now, that's something that I didn't really consider. Uh, it's just it, one day, you know, this is on down the line, just jumping ahead, just just a tiny bit. It just realized that, holy cow, he doesn't look anything the same way he did when I first saw him. When I realized, holy crap, he's huge. But that's a couple years down the line. But... Oh, we'll get into that later, but 
when it, that realization finally came to me. But so you just want, you know, every time I went to the mountains, it was an awesome experience for me. But, you know, that first year, you know, the hunting season was tricky, you know, for the rest of that. But that the whole mix of that for that year up until the hunting season was actually pretty fun. That's where we're just learning how to be friends and how to communicate and how to, you know, does that make sense? How, how to be friends with. Sure. So how, to, did you do, how did you do that? What kind of experiences did you guys have during that time? Well, uh, how I told you, you know, they have a very visual sense of humor you know, and in the spring when I'd been up there, one of the times I was up there three or four days straight and I started getting stinky, which is something I'll get into also. But I took a bath in, in the creek and he laughed his butt off when he saw me naked because I, I was naked. And that was probably a day and a half of him <laughs> from then on. He'd lift up my shirt and laugh. Uh, but and that's when that spring is when I was like holy cow your feet are big because I pulled my boots off and put my size 12 and a half next to his probably size 16s and it's like and then that was funny too because my foot was so small and it was pink and tiny and no hair all over it that just cracked him up and then the words and oh mercy the you know it just there's so much that you know just learning how to communicate with each other but it's kind of hard to explain there was a connection since that very first you know that first week that I was up there when all of that initial stuff happened. From then on, we were best friends. And well, it's how just, often were you up there visiting with them? Like every every week, every month? Uh, uh, it know. was it, it, as long as I every chance that I got. It, never more than a a week or two in between. Even if it was just I went up for an afternoon, and usually I try to go up for a little bit longer than that. You know, when I couldn't, at least maybe just a night. But in, in in the beginning and middle of summer, in between working and everything else, yeah, every second that I could. And, you know, like I said, it was a different time, a different era. And, you know, as a kid, we didn't have any of the stuff that you're used the kids in a big city are used to. And so if you haven't been raised in that, it might sound far fetched that a you know, a fifteen, sixteen year old kid would hop on a motorcycle and go to the mountains for a day and a half. Well if that's where you grow up, you know, it that it was nothing strange about it to me or anybody else. You know, yeah, in the well, when I was the kid, it was the same thing. I was up in northern Minnesota. My nearest friend lived three miles away. Yeah. My nearest good friend lived five miles away. <laughs> and all I had around me was a whole lot of woods and nothing else. So guess what I did all the time? I was out in the woods. There wasn't really anything mm-hmm. else to do. 
Now, to us, driving up and down the street in a, in a loop, in a big circle, driving up and down Main Street, that's kind of foreign to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids that went cruising or going and sitting in a parking lot at a, at a, you know, like a McDonald's or something and everybody sitting around talking, that, that didn't happen. They're, you know what I mean? It's different era, different time, different place. Yeah. So it, the people that haven't been raised in that, it might sound totally foreign or even far-fetched, but, you know, the stuff that city kids do seems far-fetched to me. But something that I mentioned was every time that I made a, you know, when I would come back to town and I would, you know, would set, but when I would be back there, never was he not there. I mean, that's what I mean about the intelligence. When I told him I'd be back in five days or three days or 18 days, he was there waiting before I even got there. He was there at the spot that we always met at. And, you know, that that still to this day blows me away that how can it be an ape or a, you know, just some animal when you can schedule a time and he understands it and meets you there every single time and more punctual than most humans. Yeah, it's pretty abstract, too. I mean, obviously, he's smart. He figured that out right away. You had that one the first time you met with him. Right, right from the beginning. Yeah. So is that like how you went about trying to get things that you could use for operating purposes to like communicate with them, like try and teach him words in English and show him a little yep. picture on the ground or a picture from a yep. book. Or... Yep. And I, like I told you before, I, I took a lot of photographs up there and it wasn't very long of looking at it until he finally understood that, okay, you know, this photograph, you know, it, that's hard to under explain, but it, wasn't very long till he understood that he's looking at a picture of something that's real, even though it's not real in front of him. Yeah. But, and that's how I would, you know, try to communicate with, you know, it's like I told you on my, tried to show him a picture in a recording, you know, the old cassette recorder of my other bike. But when I came up on that bike, he didn't, come around. I mean, he wasn't waiting and I think thought it was more the sound of my old bike. And that's when it, when it give up the ghost, I had to do my uh, best to rebuild it. So when you, so when you came up with a different one, he didn't recognize the sound, so he didn't show up. Well, at least he, he was cautious. That's a good sign. Yeah. Well, and that, that all plays into how I explain and not to trust people. Yeah. I'm a people, but how the hell did you do that? Well, wait, you're uh, going ahead of things. Let's go back to the first year here now. Okay, yeah, all right. And work well, your way up to all that. Well, the, you know, the first, you know, 10, 15 times, it was just going up there and playing with a friend. I mean, we were yeah. both kids, and yeah, I took... So what kind you know, of playing took, did you do? How do they play? I took, I, mean, I, took a, I, took a, I took a baseball the first time, or softball, okay. and uh, no... That's like me, him trying to play catch with a grape. 
He, he, he likes yeah, he likes all that catcher's myth. It shouldn't be that. <laughs> Yeah, it's just trying to find it and pick it back up out of that catcher's mitt and throw it back. <laughs> and well, it's the I'll keep everything in the first year, but the chronological order of this stuff in that first year might get a little mixed up tonight. But it's all going to be in that first year. Uh, but I took up a a blanket because you know I get cold. And down where we had set him up to where, you know, in that small cave. And that's something that, you know, the human side of me. But actually, I took that. I took, and I took a whole bunch of that. It was eventually, you know, like the cherry balls that you have in school that for dodgeball or for kickball and stuff. That's actually the ball that we'd play with. Actually, just kicking it around, kind of playing Sasquatch soccer. Because catch, catch with one of those isn't, you know, once you try to catch it and it bounces all over. But just kicking it around and rolling around and up there and chasing the, after it. Yeah, it's almost indestructible. Yep, bouncing it off a tree and playing keep away. Now that's the when we played. Hide and seek, you know that concept was long and hard trying to get across. But you know when you go hide, you come find me, or I'll try to come find you. But don't stay hidden so long that I can't ever find you. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I would have been real careful about trying to get that idea across before yeah. I ever tried it. But. That's where, you know, that's where what was extremely interesting and, you know, as I said, over every, every new experience, it was either awe-inspiring or, you know, there's a lot of stuff that was kind of terrifying when you realize that, okay, this isn't the only one of these things and there's more of them out there and the stuff that he's doing, they can all do that. And I'll explain what I'm getting at is, playing hide-and-seek, when he would go hide, you know, I'd start counting, and, you know, the ready or not, here I come, and every kid cheats, looks under their armpit, and try to find where they're going, and I could watch where he run to, which you have no idea how quick he would get from point A to point B. That took a long time to, you know, come to grips with that there's no way that I'm ever going to outrun him in a foot race, so we didn't try to try to race. But watching him go off a little bit further deep in the trees and when he'd go behind the tree, I could go back. I mean, and you should be able to see him hanging out the other side of the tree and he's just gone, just disappeared. But I'm not saying anything supernatural about it. It's just the ability that he had to blend into the environment and stand so still that I mean it's just like he disappeared. Yeah. Like like he cloaked, but I know he's not. He didn't. I'm not saying that there's some out there that can't. I'm just saying I never saw it. It's just Well as time went it, on, did you get better at finding him? 
or was he <laughs> was he always like a, a super super successful and completely eluding you? Um, I can't remember any time that I actually won. <laughs> <laughs> How good was he at finding you? I suppose that wasn't too tough. I, I well. I don't think he ever lost if I never won. Yeah. It didn't matter what I, I could go I could go up. You know, find a tree that I could go up and go way up and it, it I yeah, I could I tried found a bun a bunch of branches and stuff one time for the next time we played. I even planned ahead and pine needles and stuff and when I ran and hid, I buried myself under pine boughs and dry needles and everything and uh, 30 seconds after I stopped and just laid as still as I could he'd come up and found me I think he's cheating he's probably using his sense of smell yeah I, more than likely <laughs> and, and it was always it was always scary too because in a in a good way because he'd always roar with you know, oh, I found you type of thing, not like in, in <laughs> anger, but that still plenty it, loud, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's you know, as the months and years went by, that roar got that laugh that sounded less and less like a laugh, and more and more like like a roar. Even though I still knew it was a laugh, but as his voice was getting deeper, which you know, it was a it was a bass drum as it was when he was little, is yeah. and it just got deeper and deeper. And man, just when he had laughed, you could feel it. Not just you, you know what I mean. You could when he had laughed, and it'd vibrate your insides. Uh, just the power that they have just in their lung capacity is just. Incredible. Mm. Uh, man, what? I'm just trying to imagine you playing hide-and-seek with the Sasquatch when I was a kid. I know I'd be able to whoop ass on all the normal kids after that. They wouldn't have a chance. <laughs> uh, I, one thing I noticed was people were asking about smell. Mm-hmm. And the like I told you, there are... The smell that I smelled was like when your dog's been out playing with you all day, not like yeah. a wet dog smell, just an animal that needs to take a bath. And that's yeah. something that that's where my human side come across. And it's like, Glag, how are you ever going to get a woman when you smell like that? And that's when he watched me, you know, bathe in the creek. I didn't use soap and shampoo or nothing, but I got in there and I used some of the red moss that, you know, grows in the rivers and creeks around there. Actually, if you pull it out, it's not it's not super great, but still it has a pleasant aroma. The right stuff. Not that there's some of it that smells like like swamp water, but if it's the moth that grows in the quick moving streams and stuff, it's not too bad. And I'd rub that under my armpits, and it'd get in the water and play with me. And I think that might have been. You know, that's where the human side of me, you know, man, you need to take a bath. But it was never anything, it was never anything like, you know, the people report. 
the yeah, horrifying smell. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. That I I never smelled that yet. That's for another night though. But the the thing about it that's just that for it's just all that little stuff and there's so much of it. I mean, if you want to help ask a question and point in the direction, but you know, it's just you know, I took a ball up there, I took a brush. So what ended up try... happening to the ball? Did it get popped, or uh, did you guys just lose interest? In yeah, we, we, I went. I went through a whole bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, a whole bunch. But so, where were they going? Was he like playing with them when you were gone, and then things would happen to him? Yeah, I think once he just wanted to see what had happened if he squoze it too much, because oh, when I came back, okay. it was it was blown out. You know, just had the big rip on it like an elephant set on it. Mm-hmm. And there's one time that we was like playing, uh, not really kickball, not really soccer, where we're just in this kind of little meadow, not really meadow, just an open patch in the trees, and we're just kicking the ball back and forth, and he stepped on it and goes, kaboom! <laughs> and blew it up. Did it surprise him pretty good when that happened? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> I love to see the expression on his face but his eyes got big. <laughs> that that was the that was the thing that always was you know, when when he'd get surprised the the reaction when he'd get you know, that that surprise reaction, you could I could tell that the holy cow that could be uh, how would I put it? I'm glad he's my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Not, nothing ever really, you know, bad happened. It's just that seeing go from, you know, happy, glad, playing and having fun to instantly getting scared in that for that minute or, you know, for that few seconds of that. When he's scared, it's like, man, it, the whole atmosphere changes and everything. And then it had taken a little bit to get back into play mode. But as soon as he saw that it wasn't, you know anything to actually be afraid of, but that that always that was always tense because man, it's just you, there's no way to explain it. He's so big, there's no way to explain how fast they move, how quick, you know, and just all of that. And when you see something like when you see something like that, and you see that instant to where it's just the reaction and to being scared, it just everything switch off and go to that real quick it just kind of it was a little bit freaky at times mm-hmm. but you know that I, I'd take you know like kids storybooks I had a little kids storybooks that I'd take up there and I would read around the campfire and he loved me to read to him which was yeah I, I don't know it was just cool. I would, you know, like, uh, I think it was uh, the Dr. Seuss books, you know, how, you know, that Dr. Seuss, how, the rhyme, how it rhymes. And, yeah, words rhyme, yeah. Yeah, he loved that, just listening to it. And, you know, I told you, we communicated, it was more with, you know, watching each other and know what the other one is thinking or wanting. But, you know, there's a lot of the words that he had that, you know that when well, fire. He loved fire, 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 fire. 
he'd always get excited when it was time to build a fire. And then, oh, that's a pretty cool story. That's when he wanted to learn how to light a fire. Were you making and, fires all the time you were going up there and visiting? One? Uh, not, not all the time. Not all the time. There was only when it was for sure that there wasn't anybody around or it was going to be a how, – how do you know that? But on the days that when it would sock in and you're not going to see a stream of smoke and, yeah, cause you know, when there's – Yeah, because the size too close, you couldn't see smoke over the next hill anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the times. No, the fire wasn't always, but okay. Can you hold there on was just a second. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, my bearded dragon, whose tank is right next to the, uh, when I'm sitting here talking, is complaining because I don't have their cover over the tank, and she's, like, kicking at the glass. Oh, okay, that's what that was. Yeah, so resolve that background noise issue. Now i got the fan going. But anyway, where were we? Uh, fire. Uh, the the be fire like in, thing. Yep. So, yeah, you, you know, were having fires up there all the time. It was just when it, it seemed like, you could get away with it in the local area. Yep. Nobody would notice yep. there was a fire. Yep. Well, and, uh, you know, late, late, late at night or, you know, early morning, and it was a small one, you know, when. Right. But he was always excited about fire, always, and wanted to learn, you know, because I had, I had a, a lighter, and, you know, he'd always see that. He wanted to try that, and that wasn't working. There's no way. It, you know, even if yeah, I had would have had a Zippo. It was just a Bic back then. But you no, know, that when your thumb's bigger than the whole lighter, it's kind of difficult to work it. And there's one trip I took a flint and steel. You know, just the little fire starter, not really with magnesium, and you know, in the strikers where you shave off magnesium, and showed him how to do that, and yeah, it took forever, but. The sparks, when you hit the striker and the sparks, just tickling to death. And yeah, try to imagine uh, Andre the Giant trying to take two toothpicks and uh, strike them together and make sparks. Just, it didn't work very good, but he always wanted to try. <laughs> but like I told you, whenever... He'd get excited, and what words he did say, he'd start saying them real fast, and it's like, fire, 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 fire. Oh, me do it, me do it, me do it, me do it, me do it. You must have felt like you were there with Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> you will. 
a cool beat. It's, it, that, cool beat. They, 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 they hadn't come out yet, actually. I didn't know. No, I know. This they, was before that, but that's kind of hilarious. Yeah. Later, yeah. there's this character. <laughs> I yeah. that reminded you of him, too. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, the great Cornholio. That would have been funny. <laughs> I, I, I always wanted to, you know, to show him stuff like that, like a TV. And well, you know what I what I was just thinking of is after you're reading them these these uh, kids books and he really likes the Doctor Seuss one, you know I wonder if he memorized any of it. It'd be pretty hilarious hearing a Bigfoot uh, reciting some Doctor Seuss on the woods. You would know to be if you should be horrified and run away, or if you should just be completely freaked out and wonder what was going on. <laughs> One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. <laughs> yeah, right. I do not like good eggs and ham. Yeah, I do not like him, Jim. I am. <laughs> I can see how he'd be interested in something like that, though, because it's so rhythmic and the words rhyme and everything. Yeah. And, you know, and some of our nonsense words and they're made up just so they do rhyme. Yep. Is it there's as there's as? But... Oh, what else? And there's... So how, did he get very exasperated when he couldn't get the fire thing to work? I mean, I've heard they have like... They have like fits like little kids sometimes when they can't get things yes. to work and they get kind of yes. exasperated and, with it. And that's where me and him being together for so long from being so little to where, you know, me saying, okay, okay, just let me do it. You always say, you know, your hands are too big. Your hands are too big. You're losing your signal. Sorry. Can you, is that better? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but as always, whenever you get frustrated at something like that, just, you know, the calm tone and tell him, okay, it's all right. I'll, I'll do it. We can try again next time. But... I would always recognize that fit coming on beforehand and try to nip it in the bud. Mm-hmm. And then him just being excited that now that the fire's going was usually enough that, you know, it had, it had calmed down. But he always wanted to try. That's what was kind of cool about it. But the frustration on something like that did come pretty quick. Yeah. That would be kind of really dangerous to be around, too. Yeah. The losing temper. That's that's where I that's where how I was what I was try, trying kind of getting at is man seeing that you know if, if that's what I meant by I'm glad we were friends that he would recognize you know from early on that he is a lot stronger than me yeah you know that was because there's times that we were playing and you know it hurt me not intentionally and. You know, then he'd feel bad, but that's kind of a good thing from early on is he, you know, understood that he was way stronger than me. I mean, yeah. and I wasn't I wasn't a wuss, neither. I was pretty tough as a kid. But Even tough kids are total wimps compared to a Sasquatch. You know, that, that strongest guy in the world is a wimp. Do a young Sasquatch. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, there's there's no comparison. You can have the guy that can bench press, you know, the most weight of any human being, and 
your average, you know, young teenager Sasquatch is going to be four to five times stronger than him. Yeah. That just, the the strength that's unfathomable to how strong they are. And that's why. And fast. See, and there's two things that, keep, that people should keep in mind. It's not just that they're big. It's not just that they're strong. They're also fast. They don't move slow and lumber like big elephants. And when they run fast, they don't have to make very much noise doing it. They no, they they I mean, lightning. I don't think is as fast as they are. When they're in a hurry, uh, you you're not, you could be watching them run, have your eyes on him, and if he is in a hurry, you're not even going to see it. I mean, I think you can move faster, you know, at top speed than you're going to be able to. Your mind's going to be able to process, which is hard to process. It, hey, I got another question for you. You got to chase the ball around and, and kick ball and stuff like that with him a bunch of times. What kind of a posture did he run around in? Was he bipedal all the time? Um, it, the first year, it was a lot of both. When he would take off and want to outrun me, if the ball rolled farther away, he'd go down on all fours and just book it. But when we were playing like that, it be standing up, but when he'd cheat, he'd go down to all fours. <laughs> okay, so at least he knew that was cheating. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're playing against a human. We don't do that. That's cheating. Come on, man. <laughs> I, 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 and that's kind of funny you said that because I brought that all up a lot. It's like, no, 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 that's cheating. <laughs> you're faster than me as it is. You can't go to where it's even faster. <laughs> in a hundred yard dash, give me a ninety five yard head start and on all fours he had beat me. <laughs> well, you didn't have multiple ones to watch him between themselves, but Taylor tells me when he gets to watch other, you know, variety of them interacting. And they're they're all very competitive and they like to have contests with each other. For, you know, yeah. like things that we would think like five-year-olds or, you know, eight-year-olds would be like, oh, I can climb that tree faster than you. No, I can climb that tree faster. And yeah, they actually do stuff like that. Yeah. Well, like, it's all the like, time. They're competitive about everything. Well, he did like to win, like when we were playing. And even yeah. though there's not like a goal or anything, when the ball would go rolling, it, he wanted, I don't think there was many times that I ever got to it before he did. But he liked, you know, winning. Yeah, that's definitely. But who doesn't? Who doesn't yeah. like to win? Now, so let's jump. Let's jump forward for just a second here, as you were alluding to there. The first year he was running around a lot on all fours. No, after that, so he wasn't running around on all fours as much. Did he sort of switch to being bipedal all the time, or was it just because you know you weren't playing kickball with him? Well, it's from. What I saw when he was with me, I think it's because I was always walking around like that. He did. And as he got older, it was, you know, as he started getting bigger, it, I didn't see him go down to all fours very much after the first probably year and a half or so. And just to how big he is getting and how quick, I swear he was getting bigger every 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 month he was bigger. But also, like I told you, I fed him very well. I always made sure yeah. he was well fed. And I don't know if that's yeah. 
if, if well, it would have been just his troop on in the wild, if they would have got as much as he got because I was helping him, helping provide it for him. But, you know, almost every yeah. time I went up, I got him another animal. So he was eating a damn good diet, you know, probably easily as good as he would have had if he was with the troop. They were definitely yeah. giving him enough food to eat. Well, and, you know, and that's like with any other animal or human or anything like that. If you give them a good diet, they'll just naturally grow to be bigger than they were already going to be. And in a Bigfoot's case, that could be pretty damn big. And, you know, yep. again, uh, just because they're shaped like us doesn't mean that they're going to grow like us and, and, you know, already being predestined to be probably twice as tall and way more massive than a human, you would expect that they would grow that much faster and they would need that much for it more food. Can you imagine what it's like being a Sasquatch parent? It's probably they only have one kid or two kids at a time because it would be too tough to feed them otherwise. Exactly. Well, man, and, you know, when we'd, when I took, you know, deer in, you know, in one sitting, you could put away, you know, and I'd never... Something that I noticed somebody in the comment, it was never, you know, I was never trophy hunting. I was strictly, you know, to, for food. And it was the first one that I saw. We tried to make sure it wasn't a wet doe. But, you know, I wasn't out. I never hunted for a trophy. I always, my whole life, it was to provide food. Always. Even when it was, you know, when we went hunting, when it was with my family during hunting season, it was never for a rack. It was never to hang something on the wall. It was to put something in the freezer. Right. Just wanted to let that be known. It was never for anything other than sustenance. But, you know, if you got a 140, 150-pound deer, you know, with just hanging weight, you know, Drugs. half of it, Half of it in one night was nothing. You know, here I'd have pretty good portion of a, you know, a chunk. But what he would consume was, you know, what I would consume in six months by myself. <laughs> you know, have that, have the 140 pounds hanging. You know, what is it? Uh, right around half of it's bone, but. You know the meat. It just it that always impressed me how much it could put away and then be hungry again the next day or two days later. You know it just it, the more, if I imagine if I had enough food that we could eat twenty four seven. It a you know all you can eat Chinese buffet. He's gonna bust their average. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Titanic eater. So how much do you yeah. think, from what you can remember from the first time that you met him and fed him, until about a year later, how much bigger did he get? Um, He was probably six to eight inches taller in that first year and probably about 200 more pounds. Wow. That's so, another, so another one of me, weight-wise, yeah. back then. And I was getting bigger, too, but... And I was growing fast when I was a kid, but, you know, it was a drop in the bucket to what he grew. Right. And wow. And that's another thing is, you know, at night when, yeah, 
would cuddle up with buddies, you know, like when we'd sleep, you know, on the blanket that I took up, I'd actually wound up taking up another blanket and some yarn and sewing a couple of old wool moving blankets, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, sewing a couple of them together. Sneaking so a box size once. <laughs> yep. And, you know, when I'd sleep, would uh, lay down on that down there in the in the cave and cuddle up together. Not like not like spooning, but you know, just, just I don't want it to sound weird, but you know, it, No, you're taking a it, nap with a Bigfoot. It doesn't sound weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it like that, it's see, like I said, it's not. I didn't think about any of that. You know, he was just my buddy, and it's tuckered out. But that's when I think when I went to sleep, he didn't. You know, I think that when I was up there at night, it's when he is on alert just in case. Yeah. I I got that impression early on that actually when I went to sleep that he was on guard. Mm -hmm. And in the daytime, that's when... You know, there was more than once that, you know, you can hear a motorcycle or four-wheeler or, well, back then it was a three-wheeler, but or a truck or something, and horses. There's a, a few times that, you know, humans came close, and uh, there's a fish and game officer come up to where I was camped, and making sure that he got out of there and stayed out of sight, which all he had to do was run off into the trees. And But that that was... That's interesting. Uh, okay. Did you teach him to stay away from the fish and game officers, too? Yes, I did. Especially I, stay away from those guys. And, uh, well, it was uniforms, and that's one thing that I took pictures up of. It's, you know, the, the fish and game uh, coloring book that the kids get that shows the fishing game officer and man, you know, pictures of in the police officers and forest service and adult, you know, it's especially these people stay away from. And then, you know, the pictures of the rifles and, you know, what happened there. And, you know, just those are, you know, what hurt your mom and dad. But How did you actually those, get those, him to understand that initially, that like he could be your friend and be safe with you, but he couldn't trust other humans? I mean, that must be I, really hard to get across. I, I, I don't know. It was meant to be is the only thing I can think. But, that well, okay, now that gets into, I'm not exactly sure if it was within the first year or not, but I told you there was one time that, I took off, and my two of my brothers followed me. I didn't know they were following me, but oh, uh, they were on their bike. And they wanted to. They, you know, I would always get asked what I was doing, and it's like getting away from you guys, it's yeah. going up there so I don't have to be around you guys. And one time they followed me, and where I got off of the main mountain road and hopped on, and you know, took off on the deer trails. I lost them for a little bit, but. You know, even though they're not as good as I was, I think, but they know enough about tracking and 
watching for sign that they actually finally figured out where I was and came to where yeah that that meadow that had that very first one it had my two tree stands the one on the uphill side on the one side and the downhill side on the other side of the meadow that's right. where we were at and they showed up probably about 20 minutes after I pulled up there and I heard bikes coming and you know told him to hide and when my when they showed up they're asking me what are you doing here and it's like well what do you think I'm doing here getting stuff set up for this coming hunting season staying away from you what are you doing following me I didn't want you to be around you that type of stuff and what was I think I told you about this. The situation was kind of weird and, you know, touchy just from from my standpoint because after they got there and we were talking, and I don't know what it was that he recognized, whether it was scent or what, but he got excited and started to come out and show himself in oh, front of my brother's. And I freaked out and stopped, you know, did kind of hand signals like, you know, when I'd tell him to hide and I'd, you know, do the motion to stay away. And he started coming out and kind of got excited. And there was noise off over in the trees. And my brothers are like, what's that? And I'm like, you know, stay back. And it's like, well, that's why I have my tree stands here is because the deer come up from the river all the time. You guys being so loud, you probably ruined my hunting spot for this year because you just now spooked the ones that were over there in the trees. <laughs> but I always wondered. Now, he got excited like he recognized that, that was family to me. I think, I, you know, that I couldn't commu- I couldn't talk like me and you were talking, but because of you know, when they showed up and I started talking to him, it's, you know, when he kind of got, I could tell that he was excited and he started to come out from where he was hiding at. And I was the one that was like, no, 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 stop, go back. And they're, my brothers are like, what are you doing? And it's like, I didn't, I get enough of you guys at home, you know, trying to cover up what I was doing, trying to get him to stay hidden. And then that was, you know, being harassed by my brothers for the next hour until they finally got bored with harassing me there and then took off again. And then trying to, or for the next couple of times that I was up there trying to, you know, even though, yes, that's my brothers, you don't want even them. You can't trust them. And that it was then when he understood that I was different I think it's that time because I was afraid, not him, I was afraid that my for, to let my brothers see him. And that was extremely, uh, I guess, troubling and hard for him to understand because it's my family. Shouldn't they be family to him too? He's, yeah. he's, my, he's my brother. But now I'm the one that's scared because my brothers are there 
and try that point that right there is when I think it finally all clicked that you can't trust most humans. Yes, there is some that you can. Obviously, I'm here, but it was the fact that I was terrified that my that my brothers were there and were going to see him. It's when that finally hit home to him that yeah, I didn't even trust my brothers with him, which was. You know, and I, I still feel that same way right now that it had it to do over again, I would still act the same way. I wouldn't let my brothers know that he was there. That's, you know, to me, that's troubling that us as humans are like that. That, I mean, it's most of them are so, you know, in that situation that they do want to, well, they do stay hidden. That's, they know how humans are. And that was another thing is how they were harassing me and picking on me there was ticking him off also. And I think seeing how they were, you know, that whole hour that they were there, it was a huge eye-opening or an awakening for him. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah, he got a chance to observe and see how you interact with your brothers and that they weren't nice to you. And that's yep. why you were out in the woods a lot, probably. <laughs> yep. And I didn't want yet all of that combined. Is that whole thing? Then that was hard for him to come to grips with. You know, it was confusing to him. But you know, this is family, and you don't even want family to see me. That and that that actually made the bond between me and him even stronger, though. Because of that, I, however, whatever it was that he saw and however it was perceived, but after that, it was even closer between me and him. And odd as that may sound to some people, but it, that strengthened the friendship that me and him had. Well, maybe he sort of got the feeling that in a way you were kind of an orphan too, even though you had a family, you couldn't really interact with them and you weren't close. Yep. Exactly. Uh, but enough of the down part of it. That uh, Another kind of funny thing was hairbrush. When I first tried to brush his hair, I started to say that earlier. I don't know why that popped in right there, but or why I didn't say it earlier, but if you ever get the opportunity, make sure it's a, one of the really big hairbrushes that have the bristles far apart and are like, you know, super stiff and plan on taking three days. <laughs> They're worse, worse than, a, than a, a sheepdog trying to brush out or a collie or a German shepherd that's shedding their fall coat not that he was shedding but they're trying to comb every square inch well not every square inch but yeah, that was yeah, like all kinds of tangles and snarls and burrs and all kinds of crap yep and knots and yeah. and giggles when it tickles <laughs> <Who is this? laughs> oh that happened but, before Yep. 
Yeah, it's brush, like it's said, brush the Bigfoot. Oh, he's giggling again. <laughs> yeah. uh, is there anything else that and well, so now by the end of your first year, let's say, let's move it that far forward here. I think you could probably cover most of the stuff. Did uh, it's going into the fall again? You're back in school. Um, did he understand a lot of English by then? How were you actually communicating at that point? Uh, there, there was a lot that he did, and you know, it was words and then more actions. But yeah, he did understand a lot of words. You know, uh, when I would say town or you know school work stuff like that, he understood. And buddy, he said buddy. All the time he called me buddy, I called him buddy. That's, well, that's, you know, I'm still in that habit because that I call, like when I send you a message, all right, buddy, that's the reason why I still to this day call everybody buddy. But it was after, you know, when my brothers followed me up, that's when I realized I needed to move him farther from town. And that's when I started thinking about and working towards getting him deeper in and in one of the units that uh, isn't a draw unit like during hunting season it's one of the units in the backcountry that is that they didn't draw in and how to get him there and how to get to it and knowing that it was going to take a while it was after that time that my brothers come up that I started working on trying to get the point across that we needed to move and getting him farther away from town, farther away from people, because he was getting bigger, a lot bigger. And did you spend you know, a lot of time with him that summer during your summer vacation, or yes, every every spare second I had. Uh, usually, at the very least, one day a week. Usually, uh, at least. Yeah, at the least one afternoon and on into evening, and then back. I'd get back into town late, but I I tried to go up there at least for one night. Tried for two most of the time, but yeah, it was. Uh, usually, I think there was only one or two weeks that, you know, I didn't get a chance to go. And there was a couple of times that I had said that I was going to be there and I wasn't. And then next time that I went up, it would be, you know, the same time that I said that I was going to be there the last weekend that I wasn't, that I missed. So I, from that, the time that I missed, I would make it the exact amount of time is before. Does that make sense? So say I said I'd be there in five days. And then I missed that day. And I, from that time, I'd make it five more days. And it always worked out that when that happened, that worked out fine because I think he thought the same way I was. So he missed this one. So five more days and he'll come up. And I never was able to make it the next day after the day that I had missed. And I, I don't know why I thought like that, but it's like, so I missed this date, so I told him five days, and the day that I missed, I would do it five more days from there. And I don't remember if that's something that 
that we tried to that I tried to talk about, or if it's just the way that it wound up happening, and it, but it worked, or it, it could have been, you know, because I wasn't there. He was waiting for me every single day. Yeah, you don't know because you weren't there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes me wonder before you moved further out in the backcountry if he actually followed you back to town at some point sneakily and got a little I, peek around there at where you were living and who you were living with. I, I had I had wondered if he had come closer to town, but now, knowing what I know now, I wonder if he didn't come down into into town at night and see because there was. Yeah, you know, I can't. I can't say. But there was times that it's like, yeah, it feels like, you know, somebody's outside, and then you go and check, and there's nothing there. But it's like, man, I could have swore that there was somebody. It just seemed like there's somebody outside. You know, that just that feeling that you get. Yeah. And you know, I lived lived in town, but far enough on the outskirts of town that it wouldn't have been too difficult. If he would have followed me down in and knew where I was, because I, well, in knowing how as fast as I was going. Are you there? Yeah, I lost you there for a second. Okay, hold on. Man, that's weird. It just, everything shut down. Okay, can you hear me now? Yep. Okay, sorry about that. My, just everything on my phone just shut off how far in town were you like a couple blocks or um well it, from where the last house was it'd probably be a half a mile <laughs> but we lived but you know the town i lived in half of the town was in the foothills half the town was yeah. starting up the mountain this isn't like one house right next to the other as long as there's any kind of cover or something they could sneak in easily yeah, man, it just did it again. See, can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, that's weird. My something's going on on my end, but it keeps going blank. But yeah, there. It would have been easy if he would have followed me in. It would have been easy for him to dodge in and out of cover, especially as quick as they can move and make it all the way from, you know, the last, you know, down out of the foothills, down through town. He could have probably got there, you know, just in a matter of minutes, darting in and out of, you know, the cover between houses or, you know, from house to house or, you know, trees to trees, you know, not any huge forest in town, but there would be enough cover, you know, the creek bed, follow the creek, one of the three creeks through town, he'd be able to, you know, move through there. I've seen some of these little towns before too, you know, and it's like they practically roll up the sidewalks when it gets dark. And, uh, you know, they're just, uh, some of these towns don't have much of a nightlife. You go through there at 2 o'clock in the morning, it's a ghost town. You don't see anybody. Yeah, the one stoplight starts flashing at 7 p.m. There you go. Yeah. And there's only, uh, what it, the, the whole town was, you know, there's only the police and criminals out after dark. <laughs> and Bigfoot. <laughs> That's it. 
Well, you know, that it, how rural it was is, you know, there would be deer come down right through the middle of town on their way to the river when it was in the middle of winter. Right. You know, there's deer tracks in the snow through the front yard. So it's not like, you know, it's not like Dallas, Texas. It, you know, this yeah. is, you know, right in the middle of town, you've got, you know, in any direction, you know, maybe a mile and a half, two miles, and you can be back into the thick of it. Yeah, and as far as animals wandering into human settlements, you know, we've got, I've got five deer that live in my backyard every winter, so it's, yeah. and I'm, uh, you know, a good uh, mile into town here, probably, there's deer all over the place here. So for something that can, that's that stealthy and that can move fast, going a few blocks into some little town in the middle of the night is not going to be even really much of a challenge. Yep, and anybody... You know, anyway, the reason else, I, I know yeah. I'm just kind of like making a mountain out of a molehill here, but the point I'm trying to get at is maybe it wasn't the smell of your brothers. Maybe he had actually seen them before and recognized them. Yeah, well, like I said, now knowing what I know now, that wouldn't surprise me. But back then is when I didn't, you know, it was, you know, it, I wondered what did he recognize on why he was, right. you know, excited that they were there. But that <laughs> oh, could totally be what it is. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't, wouldn't and surprise it could be me their if it he could had be their scent, you know, it could be their scent too. It could be, it could be either one. I'm not trying to, to steer you into deciding that's what what caused it or anything, but you know, knowing how stealthy and sneaky they are, it wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, like you're his only companionship, and you keep yeah. leaving all the time, and it would not surprise me if he trailed you back at some point to see where it was you were living. Yeah, and well, and that's why I say you know it wouldn't surprise me one bit. You know, it's something I never thought of back then, but. Mm -hmm. The reason I went up as much as I could is I didn't want him to be alone. But now knowing, you know, how far they can move and how far they will travel in a night, him coming to town to watch me in town is yeah, nothing, even though it would yeah. take me a, from where he was at, you know, that first year on my bike, it would take me a little over an hour to get there. It probably took him a quarter of that time to get to get back to town. Just when you me on my bike, town, I guarantee he was you he probably sitting there. Yeah, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but when you left left him to go back to town, he might have been sitting there on the edge of town waiting for you to get there. <laughs> <laughs> or the reason he always was right there waiting for me is he saw me coming through town and run up to the spot. Yeah, because he didn't have to follow. <laughs> he didn't have to follow the road. He could cut you know cross country right and make it up there quicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all terrain. Close to yeah. don't even stop them. They go over anything. <laughs> yep. It, you know, it, I hadn't thought of it. You know, it's just now when you said that, it's like it doesn't surprise me one bit if he did, but I had never thought of that back then, and I don't know why I hadn't. Well, I just hadn't thought about it until now. Yeah. But. Well, and the other thing is with some of these uh, encounters and stuff, when you, when you share them with somebody else, they'll have insights into it that maybe you never thought of, which gives you some more insight into the whole experience that you had. 
and you know maybe right maybe wrong but at least it gives you a chance to think about it a little bit differently and go well let me consider this possibility and i've had that you know with my encounters where i was telling some part of it to somebody and they came up with something and i just went whoa i never even thought about that possibility you know, that's really great. well and that's what gets to i heard you know people's stories of encounters of you know, being 20, 25 miles away and have one of these things follow them home. Mm. And up until just now, I had never thought of that. You know, in my instance, I just always assumed that, you know, that when I would made the plan for me to go back, that he well, was me, right there waiting. Like not only just, not only possible, but probable. I mean, you're yep. his best friend. You're the only thing he's got to interact with. And you're taking off. Well, gee, I want to go see where my best friend's going. And, and man, you know, just, man, I just from. wonder if, man, there's that could, it, you know, it, it, it could, it opens up a whole world of possibilities that I had never thought about. But yeah, my I, way of thinking, I, it'd be kind of weird if he didn't try to follow you at some point yeah, to see where well, you were going. Thinking about it just now, yeah, it would be. But, you know, that, again, that gets back to where I was still a kid. But what he'd see is me go home and endure what I endured at home and then working. And then, out. you know, did he watch me go to school? Did he watch me work? Did he, you know, I mean, did he see all of that with his own eyes? And then when I got up there and it was, when I got up there is when I was the happiest. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that just, that makes it even that much more powerful to me if he did if he did in which in all probability he did well curious smart stealthy and nothing but time to go sneak around in so he doesn't have a schedule, he doesn't have to be to school he doesn't have a summer vacation no. his uh, he hasn't got a job and the other uh, it brings up the other thing about moving him was you know, there's that, I told you, there's a couple of times in the beginning, it was all around the same time, about the end of the first year, when it looked like he'd just been beat up. And when I'd asked, you know, you know, try to get him to, you know, try to find out what happened, and he just didn't really want to talk about it, and I think it was the other ones that were in the general area that didn't like the fact that him and I were buddies. That's that's what I thought back then. And it was all of that combined. And when my brothers went up and it was after that time that it just looked like he'd been in a tussle, you know, more than just us wrestling around in the, in the trees. It just concerned me because he just didn't even want to really not talk, but, you know, it didn't want to, you know, just didn't want to deal with what what had happened to him. And the thing I, the impression I got was, you know, what it came across was, you know, what my brothers always did to me is what was happening to him. And see, I'd never thought about that as, you know, what, the impression that I got from what little bit of communication we had about why he looked like he'd been roughed up a bit was, you know, my brothers did that kind of stuff to me and 
was kind of the impression that I got was the same thing happened to him that time. And that's when I seriously started about thinking about moving him away from there. And then all the problems of, okay, where do I go that he's not going to run into, you know, the bullies that are, you know, going to rough him up like that for me being around and finding a good place that's away from, you know, the humans that are going to bother him. And then that's what also me wanting to teach him how to defend himself. That's another thing. That's the human side and me being a kid, wanting to teach him how to fight like a human, not understanding that if me and him were to get in a fight, <laughs> there wouldn't be anything. He would need to know how to fight to massacre a human. He can just go plank mm-hmm. with his middle finger and you're done. Yeah. But teaching him how to punch like, you know, I had learned how to punch, you know, I think I told you, I don't think I've said on the air, but I've been in martial arts for a long time because of, you know, the way my brothers had treated me. So started trying to teach him. <laughs> it sounds funny trying to. Well, had you now wait, let's back up a little bit now. How, when did you become aware that there was another troop of Bigfoot in this area? It was it was all around. That's what I'm getting at is all around the same time as when I saw him look like he had been roughed up. Is when I well, realized that there was, was more Bigfoot and that he didn't just like have a fight with a mountain lion or a bear or something like that. Yeah, well, that I didn't know what had happened, but I had asked him. You know, was it? I asked, was it a mountain lion? Was it? Was it an animal? Another animal? Was it? And he just you're kind of hard to explain. He just didn't want to talk about it. Didn't want to explain it, and it wasn't like he had. I didn't see, like, claw marks, like from a bear or a mountain lion. Right. You know, no gore marks from a from a deer, you know, antlers or anything. It just looked like, you know, spots of hair had been ripped out, you know, and just looked, you know, parts of his skin were darker than the other, which I took as bruises. Uh-huh. And that's when I... I asked, is it, was it some of your people that did this? Did, was it other other people like you that did this to you? And he just, he just wanted to, wanted to build a fire and eat. And it's all, it's all he kept doing that night was, he just wanted to eat and forget about it. And that's where the lack of communication, I never actually knew exactly what happened, but that's, what I thought, and that, you know, made a lot of sense to me in the fact that, you know, whenever I'd go to sleep when I was up in there, and I realized that he wasn't really sleeping, he was just watching, mm-hmm. or, you know, protecting, you know, it, that's when, it, I told you, that's when it, you know, made our bond even more so, because when I went to sleep, he had make sure that I was protected. He watched over me when I was asleep, and I'm starting to get choked up again. Wow. Sorry. So how long had you been doing martial arts then? How how young were you when you started learning that? No, I was, uh, I think I was 10. 
nine or ten when I started, so I was I was already. I you're was you're pretty good running. already. Yeah, you're pretty good by the time you run into Clag. Yep. Well, I I had to be. I had four older brothers that I needed to defend myself against, and my my instructor understood that also, and he helped out with that aspect of it. Sorry about that. That just, I mean, there's some of it that when it comes back, it just brings back that flood of emotions, too. Yeah. No problem, buddy. <clears throat> What's well, the martial yeah. arts did you learn anyway? Yeah, I learned a keto art of self defense. <laughs> well, keto doesn't have a whole lot of punches and kicks in it, that's mostly tossing things around, so you would think. Uh, That'd be pretty ideal for something like a Sasquatch. It's big enough to like a keto throw an elephant. Yep. Yeah, using using uh, somebody else's massive size against them. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, and somebody trying to hurt you, you know, turning it around on them. So it was interesting. It was <laughs> hilarious. How and the then, hell did you teach him stuff like this? How did you get across to him that you were trying to teach him how to defend himself? Uh, he was my buddy. I, it's one of them in that situation. It it seemed natural, but trying to explain to you how I got it across that we were gonna, you know, I told him, you know, you don't ever let any. I said, you don't ever, you know back down from anybody. Somebody wants to hurt you, you hurt them back. Which, you know, thinking about it now, that's, you know, like I said, as a kid, you know, seeing my buddy get his butt whooped, I didn't want that to happen and knew what it felt like to get my butt kicked and I wanted to teach him how to defend himself. Knowing what I know now, all I did was probably make him more he had the tools already, just giving you know, how to instruction manual. Go ahead. Yep. Give it to him. Well, the I know how that how to grasp the concept of a clenched fist and throwing a punch. You know, have a that's something that I did teach him is how to throw an actual punch instead of a hammer fist. Mm-hmm. Which was terrifying the p- amount of power that he could get in a swing. Well, how did you show him that a punch was better than a hammer fist? How did you get that? Well, uh, that, well, on, uh, what was it? I think it was a bunch of pine boughs first and then, you know, set them up, tied them together with a bunch of twine and then, you know, did a hammer fist and then did a punch, but then held out his hand and, you know, gently popped him, you know, did a hammer fist in the palm of his hand and then did it with some, did a closed fist with the knuckles, you know, not hard, not enough right. to hurt, but said, well, you know, and then, as if you could hurt him anyway, seriously, come yeah. on. But, but I, I knew the strength that was behind there and didn't want him, you know, and I didn't want to shock but, him or something. Yeah. Just, but then show him and then, 
you know, a Ducata and show him that, you know, how I would throw a punch. And he started mimicking, you know, when a Ducata, you know, that's, you know, your exercises, your horse. And then, you know, when show instead of, you know, you know, beating something down with a hammer fist, you know, throw a punch and a punch produces more power. And I don't know how I, I don't. But did he notice the difference? How do I explain what was going through my head even? Here I am trying to teach. Well, I'll just think of what, you know, explain what, what his reaction was. Start with the, you you got him to hold his hand up and you hammer fist it and then you punch it. Did he notice a difference? Oh, yeah. The, the look of shock and the open in his eyes. I mean, when he looked up at me, he looked me in the eyes like, you know, that was instant when you noticed it like that and that, just even just barely touching, you know, barely punching. You you can feel that the difference in, you know, the thud and then the snap or the crack of hitting with the knuckles. And that was and, the aha moment. Yeah, that, uh-huh. yeah that's, this I mean, is when it, learning. it didn't, you know, he didn't need words. You could see in his eyes and the look is like, holy cow, that's, you know, there's night and day difference, even though, you know, maybe, what, 15, 20% punch and a 45% hammer fist and the punch is, you know, you can feel it in the palm of your hand, how much more power it had, how much more it hurt. Yeah. And then, you know, we always shadow box, you know, not at each other, but, you know, showing uppercut and it sounds so goofy, but it, to me at the time. Like, I'm trying to picture Karate Kid out in the woods teaching to, teaching Bigfoot. <laughs> and then, the thing is, is that their bodies are built a little bit different than ours. So try, I'm trying to imagine him doing like, my God, if one of those things punches you, it'd be even way worse than being hit by a human the same size and strength. Because your arms are longer. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, when you throw a punch, you put your body weight into it. Can you imagine now he knows how to punch and make it hurt? I wanted yeah, him to be... Yeah, he probably weighs like 1,500 pounds. <laughs> if, an, if, another, if another Bigfoot come up, I wanted him to be able to hurt it and not... His butt kicked. I wanted him to be able to be, you know, now I know I'm teaching him how to beat an alpha male if it ever came to that. But he was my buddy. That's what I wanted. Yeah. I didn't think uh, of it then. I just wanted him to be able to defend himself the best way he could, which, you know, with his, you know, his innate or his natural ability and his natural strength he can defend himself pretty well but yeah well i wanted him to have not just uh it's not just it's a combination of three things it's mass strength and speed and he's got all three and now you're giving him the technique like he could crush a a mac truck with a punch it's ridiculous dude yep well, I know that now. I didn't know I wanted him. <laughs> I know you weren't thinking of that when you were like 16 teaching him that. But let me just say in retrospect, shame. Shame on you. Shame. And and also, that's awesome. <laughs> well, and then, you know, I told you, 
it's jumping ahead a little bit, but you know, would somebody (laughs) about what has been heard up there? You know, the the human words that he can say, but. Oh, when you're mad at somebody and you tell them. This would be probably a good time to mention this that somebody else may have actually run into them. Yes. Because I don't don't want to say what I taught him. (laughs) Because it's it's not bad, but it's bad when there's somebody, you know, out there squatching, you know, hunting for Bigfoot. Or somebody, you know, you know, figures out that there's something there and, you know, like tracking it and stuff. And I told him to, uh, what is the word? Taught him to say screw you, but not screw you. (laughs) Fire truck. Yes. Vacuum. You know, vacuum the rug. Yeah. But anyway, and, the audience has got it, so. <laughs> and that has been heard uh, within the last uh, three or four years. Now, just imagine if I was in the woods right now, knowing what I know, that would still terrify me if I was to hear that come out of the woods at me. Yeah, especially considering how deep and loud their voices. What is there? Is there like a dragon over there that's mad at me? I'm leaving the state now. I'm done. That's it. I'm out of here. Oh, mercy. It's perfect, though. I mean, that's exactly what I wanted was him to be able to scare people away so they'd stay away from him and leave him alone. Uh, well, I would imagine if he uh, if he uh, if he's still around, he's probably the alpha of whatever troop that he's hanging around with. But uh, <laughs> I hope so. That's that what kind I... of training and that kind of feeding. Uh, yeah, I don't know if a standard squat can build the outfight something like that. Well, like I said last show, you know. That first couple of years, I we fumbled our way through and somehow made it. You know, all the, you know, what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do, I, I messed up every way possible with him, but it was a different situation than almost, nine, uh, you know, 100% of encounters. Mine was, I encountered a young one that didn't have mama or daddy. Right over there in the in the trees, protecting him. It, you know, a totally one hundred percent unique situation. Yeah. And you know, if you choose not to believe it anymore, I I don't care. But hopefully, the people that that if you believe me, maybe you can get something out of it. And if at anything, it's like with people. What I want people to get from it is there's good ones and there's bad ones. And it's not, they're all not, you know, what it. They ain't all not, the same. They're just like humans. Some of them are nice, some of them are mean. Yeah. 
in it now. Doesn't matter if you're an Indian human or a black human or a white human or an Asian human. Some of them are nice. Some of them are mean. Yeah, and some of them pray to God you never meet, but they don't all. You know, they're not all monsters, right? There's even there's a very uh, what's the word? I mean, they're family oriented. Yeah, just because they're not you know, a white family or a black family or a brown family like us, they're a hairy family. But no. they're still yeah, a family. There's there's still a mother and a father and children. It seems like from what I've been able to find out that they're in in some ways they're a lot more refined than we are. You know, in some ways they're savage and bestial and in other ways they make us look bad. So, yep. you know, it's all it's all your perspective on the whole thing basically. There well the the fact that humans are a conundrum, you know, humans horrify them you know, with how humans treat each other. Yep. You know, well, when, it's cat time, when it's time, they think we're weird and screwy. Yeah, the when it's time for an out for a male, an alpha male to get challenged, there's a difference. Then that's when you know, no different than when a ruler isn't. You know, ruling like he should, and he's challenged and deposed. But when the, there's harmony in the troop, it's a lot like. Uh, well, I think you know, you know, there's the squabbles over food and stuff. But still, as a as a family unit or as a whole, I, I think they treat each other better than humans treat each other. Well, you know, from what I understand, they don't like murder each other and stuff. Although they'll have wars with other troops, but yes. they have, like, you know, better. There's better no, there's no cold-blooded murder. No, there's. That's what we hear anyway. You know, we'll wait until we find out something different. But from what I, everything that I've heard, they just they don't do that. If they're the closest they'll come to something like that is if one of them's given away their position and can't be stopped, or uh, you know, one of them so critically wounded they ain't gonna survive it, they'll just kill it. But yeah, that's more like mercy killing than it is. That's, like yeah, that's survival of the family or the group yeah. Yeah. is more important Probably than we want. the individual. Yeah, and uh, uh, I was gonna just comment on something that I heard Cat say, but go ahead. It, it's yeah, it's what I'm trying to think of. Well, you know, the the lying thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's not even a concept that they grasp. And, you know, look at how many, look look at how bad humans lie about everything. Yeah. With them, that's not even anything that they can, they can conceive of. It's not even in their thought process. A lie is just totally foreign to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, wouldn't it be nice if humans didn't lie? Yeah. Yep. Yipper, yipper, yipper. Yeah, that's for sure. And the, the more powerful they are, the more they lie all the time. Liars, liars, yep. liars. Well, and I hope that this one answered a few more questions. That wasn't super exciting, but, you know, it's just... <laughs> 
definitely. Well, you got to get all the basic details in. It's not like we're looking for a super exciting story here. We want to hear what actually happened with yeah, your the, encounters with this guy they, and if, all the time they're spending. If folks have anything they want to know specifically, that would, you know, I can answer, try to answer, you know, specific questions. Hopefully yeah. that... Just throw in the comments, folks. So now, before we sign off here until the next episode, um, so it was kind of like after the first years when you ended up moving him elsewhere? Yeah, up deeper into the backcountry because he was, you know, fairly close to town when, you know, I first met him. And for that first year, he's, that's where where we always met was, you know, not that far from town. And then that's when I uh, wanted to move him farther away, and that was an adventure in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Uh, how many times did you have to go? How the heck did you manage to pick a spot where you figured, you know, obviously you can look at where they're going to be pulling licenses to go hunting and then go, okay, this area, there's not going to be any hunters, and generally there's no backpackers here. But then how do you know that there's not some rival troop there that he's going to have to deal with? That's where I kind of relied on him. Had, had you know, would, would he go with you when you went on these direction and have him scout? Oh, so he went with you when you did these recon missions? Yeah, yeah. Well, he actually went when I suggest you know a spot. You know, we'd go up on top of the mountain and I'd point to an area and you know because there's. There's that creek that runs down through there. Look, there's a meadow there. There's, you know, that outcropping of rocks that looks like that might be a good spot. You want to check that out. And when I come back on this day, we can go look at it together. Mm-hmm. And that got into some pretty exciting times. The stuff that might people might find interesting that went on in those adventures. Well, we'll tell that in the next part of the story where you and Glag are running around looking for a new place to move him to, getting further away from the uh, annoying humans and apparently unfriendly Sasquatch troop that was in that area. And that's the thing that, you know, back then as, as a kid, is I got the impression they didn't want him being friends with me, you know, hanging around with me, you know, as a kid would say, but yet they wouldn't take him. I don't think they, I think they rejected him when he was, you know, when that happened to his mother and father, but now that he's getting older and I, you know, he's friends with me. Now they don't want him to be friends with me. You know, it's like, you know, well, I can, you can tell how that wouldn't fly very well with him. It's like, you know, you're not giving me any options here. I've only got one friend and you want to take that friend away from me. And you're not allowing me to be part of your trip. Screw you guys. Yep. And that's why I wanted him. You know, I was trying to move him away from everything. Yeah. You know, away from them, away from humans, anything that could hurt him. Because, you know, like I told you just 30 minutes ago, I'd never thought about, you know, that maybe he'd come to town to follow me and watch me. But then now I realize that when I moved him farther in, it wasn't, I was getting him away from the troop that wouldn't accept him. I'm putting him into a totally different troops area. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that then. 
Yeah, that well, gets you know, into that. It's, yeah, it's in the area he was in. It sounds like they weren't going to take him anyway, so it didn't really matter if he was moved to another place. And there was at least a flip of the coin whether they'd ever accept him or not. It sounds like the other ones weren't gonna. Yep. And I was just trying to find a spot that was free of other Sasquatch and not realizing that they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I just I moved him into a different troop, and it, it was a gamble. Now I know it was a gamble as whether or not he's going to survive there, but I think because he was a tough SOB is why he was able to stay where we moved him to. Well, probably, you know, at that point, uh, he's out there by himself, solo Sasquatch, uh, you know, still like a teenager or something. Um, They might have figured that he could make it on his own, and they just didn't even bother to interact with him. Yeah. Well, that'll be for next time. That one story that I or that one event that happened, that can be in the next one yeah. that happened after we moved. Right. Well, next time we'll we'll get everybody up to date about all your adventures and trying to find a place to move to. God, that must have taken a while. I'm sure it was more than one try. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, fun at least. It's like, oh, let's, me and my friend Sasquatch are over here to explore this area and I'll feel very, feel very confident and safe while we're doing it. <laughs> that, that gets back into how I we fumbled our way through all of that. Just every mistake you could make, I've made, but somehow we got through it. Man. And anybody, if there's anything that specific they want to know, you know, Ask the you know they can post in the comments and next time you can tell me what they what they want to know if there's something specific they want me to hit on. By all means, you know, and everybody's listening to this. If you got questions, go ahead, post them in the comment section, and I'll make sure that he hears about it. All right. Okay, well, are we uh, we pretty much covered that first year up to the point where you're getting ready to move them then? Was there anything else that we missed? Um, not that I can think of at the moment. You give me something else to contemplate about, you know, what we talked about tonight. I had never thought of that. that... <laughs> well, I'll give you something to think about over the next couple of weeks. I know it's like sometimes that stuff just hits you. It's like somebody that... Uh, had an experience and they go and they, they look online and get all this information on Bigfoot and then they start going, Oh my God, I may have actually like been around these things a bunch of times and just not even realized because I didn't know what I was, what was going on around me, what I was seeing, what I was hearing, smelling, et cetera. And then they get really freaked out. (laughs) So, you know, it's the same kind of thing. You can all of a sudden connect up the dots and go, Whoa, this could have been what's going on. And I never even thought about that. Yeah, that's what I what I mean. The man that oh, that makes you know it makes no sense if he didn't. Yeah, and that just brings up something that I had never even never even crossed my mind. And it's like, holy cow, that man. There's there's so much. That, yeah, and you got to figure with these guys. They are like the king of fast and sneaky and mobility. And he can go cross country, you know, like 15 minutes. He's sitting down by town waiting for you to come riding in. 
in yep. another half hour. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's what I'm getting at is I never, never even crossed my mind. And now, knowing what I know, it's pretty much a guaranteed that he did. I just never even thought about it. And again, you know, that... Uh... It's. It, I almost lean more toward it was the smellier brothers that brought him out. But if he uh, never got a close look at, yeah, you know, I mean, he may have followed you back to where you live or something at that point, and never really seen any interaction between you and your brothers. And that was yeah. the first time he actually saw the interaction and went, "Whoa, they're not friendly. What's up with yeah. that?" Yep. That that so, you know, he may have actually recognized him, but didn't really know how you guys interacted, or it may be just like you were thinking that he just smelled them. But, yep. you know, I would think the chances would be really high that at some point he followed you back at least close to where it is that you live to see where it was. Because, yep. you know, even a human that was in that position would want to do that. Yeah, yeah, but make the situation reverse, I'd, I'd want to. Yeah, you'd want to figure out where your friend was living that had a family that kept coming and visiting you yeah. and trying to help yeah. you. You'd go, well, where are they coming from? And yeah. I can't go to. I need to go. I'm going to go find out. And it's not like Bigfoot are curious or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like they wear their daytime soaps. Yeah, we're their nighttime show. Let's go watch the Johnson family dinner before we go hunting. Oh, I love that show. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, it's always fun talking about stuff like this because, you know, again, even with your long, long experience and interaction with this guy, things like this can come up that you never even thought about, and then it can help you, like, put other pieces of the puzzle together and go, oh, maybe that's what was going on sort of thing, you know. And, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've learned about Bigfoot has been just this way, talking to people that have had experiences with them and getting their information on what happened in their situation. And then you start seeing the same kind of information popping up over and over and over again that starts looking like there's a pretty good case for fill in the blank is what's happening here because <laughs> it seems to be happening all the time, you know? Yep. Oh, there was one comment that I did look at that somebody asked about uh, Sasquatch Ontario, about what I thought about that. Oh, yeah. The only thing I can say about that is I've heard words that I recognize in some of those recordings. But okay. it also sounds like, you know, some of the words that Cat has said also. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the, uh, I'm trying to think of the name, uh, Nefetia, Bigfoot or whatever that he's yeah. like friends with? Yep. See, I got other friends that just like totally take issue with those recordings and say, well, I can make a fake big voice, Bigfoot voice that sounds like that. So... You know, why should we believe that that's actually a Bigfoot? And they've put up and actually they can do a voice that sounds exactly like that. So, you know, it's the the voice itself is not convincing to me whatsoever. Uh, Any words maybe in the Sasquatch language that you've heard and cats heard, that would be convincing to me. The the only 
I don't have a dog in that fight. All I can say is there's certain things that I have heard that sound very familiar or or very similar. Yeah. Well, like and I'm, it, saying, I'm not making a judgment call on that one either. Jury's out as far as I'm concerned. I'm just saying that I know other people in the Bigfoot community that don't believe it and say, look, it's, you know, this is a human. I can make this voice just like this, and they can. Yeah. Um, so, you know, unless it's the, the words itself um, that are, like, matching up with people that I know for a fact are interacting with Bigfoot, then, uh, you know, the jury's out as far as I'm concerned, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying, like, what we talked on the last one is, you know, the the regional accents. Yeah. It, how stuff can be similar but different. I'm just saying there's that one kind of sounds similar. That uh, what uh, I don't even can't even mimic it myself, but that you hear it say all the time that sounds similar to you know something that I had heard before. Not exactly, but you know sounds kind of the same. That and that's uh, that's all I was going to comment on is I've heard something similar to that right yeah and that's what taylor said too some of the words cat was throwing out were some of the same things that he had heard um scooter and the troop that scooter has around him say several times so as yeah. far as he was but if somebody that has been like, around yeah, him and yeah. heard that too and you could you know if you can make that sound you, so i whether whatever I think about it, I have no clue. All I can that's all I was gonna say is I have heard something similar to a couple of the things that I've heard on that those tapes. That's very well, that's interesting, you know, and people appreciate that information. That's very interesting. And uh like I said, you know, it's like the actual what it's saying is more important than the actual voice. A lot of people are just too impressed by the voice and go, Oh, that has to be a Bigfoot, that can't be a human. No, 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 no. I know more than one human that can actually make a voice that sounds just like that. Yep. Um, so that's not the end-all, be-all for Sasquatch Ontario and Nafkia. It's no. what they're saying that uh, you might want to pay attention to. Yep. Well, and the, how that, uh, what, however you say it, Nafkia, how, you know, says words in English, you know, mm-hmm. like the guy's name, yep. that when I was, you know, it's how me and Glegg would talk. It wasn't sentences like you and I are talking. You know, he would learn words. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so take that for what it's worth. Yeah, and that's like the way little kids learn words, too. And you were talking about that last time where they'll stress certain vowels and stuff and drag them out longer than they're supposed to yep. be and, until they get. I don't know, the shape of the sound or whatever it is of the word, like, organized in their head to where they can say it faster and still get it to come out properly. Yep. Yeah, that's, you know, that stuff is all, it's very interesting, and it's just fascinating to have people that are willing to come forward that have had interaction with these things come forward and talk about it. Um, It's still, still, you know, hard for me to talk about. There's still that... You know, I'm glad I'm doing it. It helps, but, you know, what am I trying to get at? It's still difficult to talk about, you know, first off, 
you know, there's always back in the back of your mind, you know, you can say you don't care what people think, but everybody does. Yeah. But that's why I told you thanks for what the people like you do that give, you know, the people like me an outlet to come and say what I've seen, what I've witnessed, what I've been through. It just, it, it helps so much that talk about it. I know I don't think people that haven't been there can really appreciate just how important that is because I had my encounter for 40 years before I even told anybody about it. And uh, it was like a huge weight was lifted off me. As soon as I could tell somebody that didn't ridicule me, that was a huge relief. Exactly. And that was the reason why I kept it in for so long is because of being afraid of you know, turning into the town drunk. Yeah. Yeah, and that was really, uh, you know, sort of like terrible timing for you, too, to have that fresh in your mind about what happened to the town drunk and then have this experience and go, oh, God, I don't want to be the town drunk. What do I do? Uh, Exactly, and that's always, you know, in the back of my mind, is that going to happen, you know, that's what I, you know, when I said, you know, it's so refreshing that the general consensus has changed. You know, it's not instantly you say that you've seen a Sasquatch or even that you believe in them and you're not just ridiculed relentlessly by everybody like it was, you know, in the 70s and 80s. Oh, God, back then you couldn't tell anybody anything about Bigfoot or you'd just be run out of town on a, a flaming rail and tarred and feathered and thrown in a ditch. Yep. And that was if you're in the Pacific Northwest. You better not really say anything about it if you're outside that area. You know, yep. At least you were in Idaho where they like you could maybe get somebody to believe there was such a thing as Bigfoot. But, like, I was in northern Minnesota. Dude, there's no Bigfoot there. No, what are you talking about? You're crazy. No, those things aren't around here. Yeah, that's over there in Roger Patterson land over uh, California or something, isn't it? No, that's where that stuff's happening. There's no Bigfoot around here. And so there was, like, uh, you know, some of these people you hear from the deep south that lived out in the hollers and the hills and stuff, and, well, grandpappy knew the boogers were around, and, my dad knew about them, too, and my uncle told me about them. And I, you know what? Nobody around where I live knew dick about these things. Nobody talked about them. Nobody shared their stories with me. Nobody said anything about them. So I'm really glad that you guys down south had people to tell you about this because we didn't have nothing up north. We had to figure it out on our own or get eaten. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it was known about. It just might not have been talked about. You know, the boogeyman. Yeah. No, it wasn't known about there at all. The only people that had any idea that it existed were the natives, and they don't talk about it. None of the northern European transplants that lived there or were born there knew anything about it. Well, more towards the south, like the boogers, the booger man, booger man's going to get Yeah, that's down in the south, though. That was 1,500 miles from where I was. Yeah, I don't know. What was going on up there? I was up in the tundra, man. I was up by the Canadian border. Yeah. And yeah, they knew all about the Wendigo up there if you happen to be a native and other than that, they weren't telling the white man anything about it. Mm. Yep. You just get eaten by Wendigo, stupid white man. Ha ha ha. 
if they if they warn you about them, then uh, you don't get eaten by it. Yeah, well, yeah, see, there you go. But, uh, you know, yeah, northern Minnesota, very dangerous. Definitely Bigfoot there. I've heard dogman sightings. I've seen Wendigo there. There's cryptids there. Well, it's a huge area, 30,000 lakes, and in between there's swamps and forests. There are some areas like where uh, the Minnesota Iceman supposedly was shot was up in the Whiteface. Well, the Whiteface is surrounded by a swamp. You have to use a swamp buggy to even get there. The only time you can get there is during the winter. Otherwise, when it's frozen, and you know, and this is what the areas are like. And like, oh, there couldn't be any bigfoot. You can't even get in there. How do you know what's in there? Shut up. Exactly. <laughs> I am. Just and that was the so same place I ran I... into mine. It was the middle of nowhere. The only time you can get there in the winter, when everything was frozen during the spring, summer, and fall, you literally could not get to where we went to. Yep. So, yeah, you know, it's like uh, there was just no recognition of this sort of thing being anything like remotely related to possibly existing back in those days. And even if you're on the Pacific Coast, you know, and out in the area where at least some of the natives and locals and stuff knew about Bigfoot, if you talked to, like, anybody in an even mid-sized town or anything about Bigfoot, you were still crazy. Yep. So yeah. that's what I, I mentioned last time also is I guarantee you that probably half the people, you know, within a hundred miles of my hometown had had some type of encounter, but were too afraid to say anything about it. I guarantee yeah. you I wasn't the only one in the town drunk wasn't the only one that had ever seen one up there. No. I got another uh, guest coming out from Libby, which isn't that far away from here. It's up in northern Montana. Mm-hmm. And sort of a similar setup there. You know, they got a little town. It's a logging town, da-da-da-da-da. And everybody up there pretty much knows Bigfoot is real. They just won't talk about it to outsiders, yep. which is another weird twist on the same thing. So, yeah, you know, just because you don't hear anything coming out of these little towns doesn't mean that there's nothing going on. It just means that they're not telling you about it. That's what it really means. Yep. All right, brother. Well, I think we better let you go here. We're going to run out of time on the recording here if we don't. All right. I hope I hope that was the recording this time was better than the last time, even though my phone is still jacked up, hopefully people could hear yeah, me better. kind of weird. It kind of popped off a couple of times, but, you know, any of those pauses or anything like that, I just clip those out of the audio file so they don't end up in the, the show. Anymore. All right. And like the part right here I'm talking to you, this won't be in the show either. This will be clipped out. I need lots and lots of edits. I've had some shows where I've done close to 100 edits in one one hour audio recording, so it's not... Holy cow. Just all the time. That's how everybody sounds so great, and there's never any big pauses or anything because I cut all them out. <laughs> or even make take chunks sound, of the make conversation. Sound professional. Yeah, make everybody sound like they're they're telling everything in chronological order and they're getting all their facts lined up really great and never pausing to think. <laughs> Which is totally not the case. But um yeah, again, thanks a lot for coming on the show again, man. I'm sure everybody's gonna just love hearing about the second uh part of the Glag saga and no. looking forward to having you come back to Tell us the, the whole rest of the story and get all that out here, and hopefully we'll be able to get that polished off before Christmas time, at least. No problem. <laughs> and like I said, and any, then you any still time that you're free, me about the, 
you still got to tell me about the crabby Sasquatches over on the other side of the valley, too. That's a whole other oh, can of worms that we got to talk well, about. Well, that, that can be an episode of by itself is because, you know, that was – there was quite a few trips up there that we were taking. That, you know, after I figured out they were there, I took buddies up there and, you know, made sure you don't stop and you just hammer down. But when they hear us coming, you're going to start getting that big rock rain coming after you. Oh, my God. Seriously, they're that bad? As soon as yeah. they start hearing the noise coming, they started raining the boulders at you. Yep. They 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 did not like the sound of them big, huge two-strokes ripping down through oh, the valley. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> So lucky and I just, I, like I said, fumbling my way through it, you know oh, how Jesus. could not, you know how lucky we were that yeah. there wasn't one of us get pegged off of there. They if must have been trying very hard. They must have started thinking it was a game after a while. Oh, oh look, they're coming by, so we can throw some boulders toward them again. <laughs> Well, I I wasn't I never took it as a game and I fifth gear hammered down through that mountain road down through that area. And well, just, think about that first one you saw that was chasing that elk how he flicked that boulder. Yeah, I know. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> well, you should have been before you were up there playing, let's go run through enemy territory and see if we get hit by a boulder on your freaking motorcycle, dude. See, that's the thing is I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about scaring the crap out of my friends that or the people that <laughs> you went with. Is all I was wanting to do is make them have a brown stain on their motorcycle seat. <laughs> Didn't they ever wonder where these boulders were coming from when this was happening? Well, they, more times than I can count, it was, okay, who's hiding up there in the trees throwing rocks at us? <laughs> like, you idiot. I told you. There's a bunch of Bigfoot up there that don't like the sound of your motorcycle. And they're chucking rocks at us. And you don't want to stop. And they want... You know, they wanted yeah, to go back and... Yeah, you for sure. Yep. They wanted to go back and kick the ass of whoever's throwing rocks oh, at us. It's like, you're stupid. That's exactly what I told you it is. Well, you know, open the eyes of more than one stupid idiot. And then the, the, the guys that are still in denial about it because they're not real. No. Well, then what just rained rocks down on us as we was ripping through there? Uh, boulder grizzlies. They yep. throw rocks at you. <laughs> yeah. They throw boulders at you. Boulder grizzlies. That's what did it. Yep. BGs. <laughs> yeah. I, I, same thing when I was, Sonny was telling me about having a log thrown at her. Oh, and it hit me in the shoulder, too. Yeah. Yeah, it hurt her really good, too, and she didn't want to talk about it. No, and that wasn't enough of a hint to make you go away. You wanted to come back again the next day. Good God. Well, the, the, I, I was saying when I commented about her before the show started, and I was taking people up doing the same exact thing, just on a motorcycle <laughs> yeah. with rocks. 
<laughs> let's go play chicken with the, the crabby Sasquatch over here. No, let's not do that. Kids are crazy. All right. Well, we're going to go here before everybody gets so freaked out that they can't sleep. And uh, <laughs> thanks again for coming on the show, and we'll have you on again soon. And uh, for all the, the, the listeners out there, uh, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to tune back for the next show, and there will be more installments of the Flag Saga. And there will also be other intervening shows. Uh, we have some really cool ones coming up here. So we're going to be splitting it up and staggering them. But uh, in the meantime, everybody be kind to everybody else. Try and always pay it forward. And whatever you do, God help you, please do not hug the Wookiee. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Okay. All right. We done. Just give me a message. A little bit sometime. earlier than a little earlier than last friggin' time we got done here. Actually, you yep. know, like I wouldn't mind just going ahead and getting most all of these recorded, and then just release them as release date comes up, and have them already right. on file to work with, and not have to keep pestering you all the time. So, uh, you know, if you don't mind, we can sort of like try and get the rest of it like recorded within the next week or so if we can do that. Okay. Yeah, that'll work. All right, man. Sounds like a plan. I know you're going to have lots of interesting feedback on this episode of Killer Aikido Bigfoot. What the hell are you thinking? My God. Things out there probably freaking Aikido flipping grizzlies and laughing about it. (laughs) I didn't didn't think that I was turning him into, you know, uh, the ultimate jungle. killing machine. Yeah, well, you yeah. Pretty, pretty much did when you teach King Kong and Keto, for God's sake. Yeah. The only thing we've got over them is that we know how to fight. Now they know that, too. Yeah. And he's probably teaching the other Sasquatches. Yeah, His kids are probably learning Aikido. Running around yeah. They're going to be like these Aikido, Aikido Squatchlets running around Idaho telling people, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and come out and grab your quarter horse, Aikido flip it, flip you off and you'll fuck you and then run back in the woods again. And the poor farmer will be like, well, I can never tell anybody this story. No one will ever believe this one. I can't wait till they get it on video. You know, the, the Ohio hell. This is the the Idaho fuck you. The Idaho Bigfoot yelling fuck you. <laughs> Well, if I'm ever over in that area and I think there's Bigfoot around, I'll just uh, yell for Glag. Glag, help me! Yeah, <laughs> yeah considering that he's liable to still be the alpha in that troop. They they live quite a long time, as long as they have pretty decent care. Yeah, well, I hope so. I hope he lived a long time. I know ain't going to be any of them going to be able to dethrone him anytime soon. Cat guesstimates that Kihosa, the alpha of the troop that she interacts with, is in his 80s. Holy cow. And he's a badass. There's still subordinate males that he beat the piss out of 20, 30 years ago that are in that troop. Uh, And they're still bowing down to the king. And they're still down, yeah. One of them's got a hideous scar on his face where he bit a big chunk out of its face during a fight. Huh. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> and this is who you taught a keto to. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> I wasn't. That's a problem. Oh, 
Well, at least you taught him one of the passive martial arts. You didn't teach him friggin' combat taekwondo or something, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, well, I, I hadn't started taking Kim Po yet. Oh, Jesus, thank God. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, with, like, their size, strength, and speed, it's, they just know, like, two or three flips and some punches and kicks, they can wipe out everything. There's nothing yep. that could possibly have a chance against them, including other Bigfoot or Wendigo. Or you could probably kick a mountain giant's ass and take over his job, too. You know? Yeah, well, when the sheriff comes to town, the sheriff runs away because the... the yeah, because he's shorter and he can flip the sheriff. Yep. <laughs> well, good. That's what I wanted. I wanted him to be able to take care of business when I wasn't there. It's that one strange area in the U.S. where there's no huge mountain giant in, in charge. There's this local alpha male that whooped his ass and took over. <laughs> the mountain giant comes and pays, pays tribute to yeah. yeah, once a year he shows up and gives him a few deer or something so that he doesn't show up over in his territory and whoop his ass again. <laughs> hey, remember last time I threw you down the mountainside and want that to happen again? You were rolling for yeah. half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. All right, man. Well, you have a great night. I'll get a hold of you here in another couple of days. I'm supposed to try and do a recording tomorrow if, if and it should be really kick-ass. We're going to have uh, Dave the Exorcist and Kat on a oh, panel nice. discussion. But uh, the problem right now is that Dave's in the middle of a bunch of um, spiritual warfare-related stuff and may not be able to do the show tomorrow. So that's we're up, up in the air at this point. Good. Uh, I hope so, man. I, I can't wait to hear that one. Yeah, me too, neither. That's going to be kick-ass, because those two have been talking between each other and have connected a bunch more dots since the last time I had either one of them on the show. Um, and then they've also got... Um, well, basically, the topic of the show is how to tell the difference between Bigfoot and some other entity that's pretending to be Bigfoot. Um, yep. So this will... This will put down the whole Bigfoot as a demon rebellion that's going on right now and squash that. Well, that's that. We're kind of wanting. Well, well, we'll talk about it next time. I'll let you get off of here so this will stop recording. Don't those guys get to fight for real, fight with real demons and shit, so they can tell the damn difference. Yep. So, all right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good night, bud. You too, man. Bye. Mm, Bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.